Welcome to Self-Evident Podcast. What's I up? am Mike. I've got Massey next to me. What's up? It is Sunday, 7 o'clock p.m. It is that time again. This is your weekly Sunday night podcast Come on, show online. Come on, right? somebody. We have now become a, a show. We, we are become, a regular we are show. Legit, we are like... a legit show. <laughs> we are pretty much... We are... We're, we are on the helm we're here. We're pretty much on the level of Tucker Carlson. Yeah, you know. Um, you know, maybe even a little bit more. We just don't have his endorsements, if you know what we mean. No, so. <laughs> Which I wish we so, did have. That'd be great. Are you a Russian asset? Maybe. maybe. Hey, maybe. Hey, you never know. Can, These days. Can you tell Putin to start actually paying us the for days. this then? Uh, you know, there's just a lot that we've got to talk about. Okay. Well, Putin. A whole lot to talk about. Uh, don't call us. We'll call you. You know, and. and it, we, we are kind of having fun here, a little joy, but, you know, there's a lot going on in our nation. Oh, my goodness, um, First yes. off, I want to talk about today, man. We had a Pentecost oh, service beautiful. at church, y'all. Reviveusnow.com. Go on there. If you have not been to church yet today, go yeah. check out that live stream, dude. It was on fire. Which I, I kind of want to say something about that because I grew up in Reformed Church. So the Reformed Church, if you don't understand yeah, yeah, yeah. Dutch Reformed, we're— we're very uh, doctrine, very theological, very uh, scripture-oriented, that type thing. Um, it's not that we deny the Holy Spirit, but we just don't really talk about it a whole lot. But we do. But <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. We don't, but we do, but, but we, we do. don't, but we do. Uh, but <laughs> Pentecost to us, it was another day. It was another day. It was another day. It was just a Sunday where, hey, by the way, this is when, you know— the disciples, tongues of fire, yep. and they went out. Yep. Uh, yep. So now being in a more charismatic style church, I, you know, I hesitate to call us like charismatic Pentecostal because there's there's a marriage of the word and spirit that's going on with revived church. But it was cool to see and witness this idea of Pentecost actually having significance in the celebration of the church, and the beauty of the effects of the Holy Spirit on the church and what's going on in the church with the Holy Spirit's effect. It, you know, did you see the difference in that? Anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and just a powerful service. It dude. was just so legit. powerful. It was so awesome. The worship was off the Come chain. Come on, man. somebody. And the movement of the Holy Spirit to see people getting prayed for, prophecies being spoken over people, words of knowledge, that kind of thing. And the beauty of it is this, this cohesion and this excitement for the movement of God. Yeah. It's yeah. it's not a replacing Christ with the Holy Spirit. It's a celebration of Straight the helper up. and the counselor coming alongside us yep. to promote Christ. Right, right, to right. To give the gospel, to yep. bring Christ to the world. When you have the helper and the counselor, you can do so much Come more on. with the authority of God. So, just, Absolutely. you know, coming from the other side, it was cool to be a part really of that. Was. It's something that, that was different from no, what No, it was, dude. With, it was. Know. It was. And you know, we, 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 there, there's a lot of talk right now about what's going on nationally. And there's people on right now, like literally asking, what do we do? What do we do in the culture of today? Because we just had a, like, again, a powerful service. There was a lot going on. We're seeing people set free. Um, and you know, Wednesday we talked about, you don't operate out of a place to find freedom. You operate out of freedom when you're in Christ. Yeah. So claim that that's a promise from God. If you need freedom in your life from a sin or whatever, you already operate in freedom. You just got to take hold of it and believe him. Right. Mm -hmm. But today we're seeing a lot of things like racism. We're seeing bigotry, the word bigotry thrown around. We're seeing, uh, viruses, you know, shut down businesses. Yeah. We're seeing all these things, and, and, and it's like, what is the answer? I think everybody's looking for an answer, and the problem is, you know, Pastor and, and his wife, they do a, a show, and it's called uh, Revive Talk. And so they had someone, a guest, uh, Karen Vaughn was on, and, you know, he made a really good point. Hmm. This is what he said. He said, 
The problem is when we were kids growing up, and I remember this, before social media and all that stuff, we had news at 10 o'clock yeah. and at like 6 o'clock. Yeah, and it was one that hour. Was that's all we had. Yeah. And now just to fill time, we find opinion-based things. So like yeah. we have things like First Take, if you like sports, which I love. I love First Take. I love First Things First. I like all those shows, right? I, I like the, to see the debates. And yeah. you know, I'm sure some of you guys that are sports people, are, you're, you're like, yeah, some of those guys are stupid. That's the point. They want you to, they want you to have an opinion, right? Pick your guy and, and hate the The problem other. is everybody has an opinion. Yeah. And, and I don't think there's going to be an answer that suffices anybody with this whole argument of racism and what's been happening and Black Lives Matter. And then you got the people out there that are uh, saying all lives matter, all these things that are going on and more. And then now, because of a, of a murder, which was heinous in its own right, we all know that. We posted that. We know, mm -hmm. right? It was heinous. And that guy should be thrown in jail, should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of law. Nobody can deny that, right? Yeah. But now you're seeing loots or looting and, 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 and all these things. Not And there's some that are peaceful protesting. Amen. That's what they should do. If they feel yeah. violated in their conscience, which they should be, right? Protest, but not looting and rioting. Yeah. Big difference. So, so let's get into this. Let's start from the beginning. So on our, our first slide, we've got um, pointing out the George Floyd situation. So what happened here? You've probably been living under a rock if you haven't heard if about If you don't this, know what's going on. We're going to reiterate what happened. So the yeah. video surfaced of a black man handcuffed laying on the ground four cops on top of him um trying to subdue him one cop had his knee on the guy's neck for a, probably five minutes or so and the guy the whole time was saying i can't breathe i can't breathe get off it hurts blah 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 i'm not making light of it just trying to speed things up yep totally and what ended up happening was the man died mm -hmm. and immediately protests started up because this was used as which, evidence of another which is uh, fine racial event and that's that's absolutely fine that's should happen we when massey and i talked about it, when we started finding out the details of the situation we both went oh yeah this is not good this this was a evil callous move that happened to this totally, guy. totally. it doesn't matter if you were writing a uh, false check or using a forfeit bill, or if you were murdering somebody, you still have a right to due process. You still have a right to the justice system. Come on. Right? And this guy didn't get that. He didn't, he didn't get um, the proper justice. He was acted upon by an evil action. Now, the cop, it has come out that this cop uh, has had many complaints in the past about him. He's been involved in several shooting events. And... He just does not have a clean record. There is a long There's list like a of laundry police, list of yeah, things the guy brutality. did wrong. So people are mad and people are protesting. Totally understandable. Until it started to turn into rioting and looting, burning buildings, taking down businesses, uh, attacking people. There's something that twisted and went wrong in this whole thing. And we've got some pictures of this event that... It's not it's a it's not good, but B, it's something that you're actually ruining your argument. 100%. And I know a lot of people are saying that right now, like you're you're harming your own argument. Totally. And, and the other side will say, well, it's because that people are so fed up that they're they're just sick of the justice system. There's no justice. So we're going to just tear it all down. Mm hmm. Now it's coming out that there may be some more organization to these riots, destabilization efforts. There's a lot of stuff going on. A lot dude. of stuff Which, going on. You got to kind of start to question that. Like, why is it this is happening right now? Yeah. 
and right how quick election. it was. Yeah, but think about this, right? Let's just just use your heads. Y'all can tell me what you want to think, but just think with me for a minute. You had a, a people who've been out of work for almost two months, a lot mm -hmm. of them, right? They got a little check from the government, which socialism, right? We all know that. That's what we talk about. So they're frustrated. A lot of them are, are, are domestic violence calls went up all over the nation because yep. they were forced to be with each other. Yeah. All this. And then riots. Yeah. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah. What did you think was going to happen? Right. You've already got a, an energized base who's upset and frustrated. They're not working. They're not providing. They're not this. So you got a bunch of people at home who are like, OK, if I can't go to work, I'm going to go do something and stand for justice. Look, dude, this guy who killed George Floyd. I'm telling you right now, should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. The reason Absolutely. Romans 13 was written was because of this. That dude had no business doing that. And at that point, it is now murder. And mm -hmm. beyond that, listen to me, guys. I'm going to say something very controversial. You may not like it, but you're going to hear it anyway. Okay? Now, no matter what I say today, it's not going to suffice all of you. It's just not. Right? So these are directly my, my opinions, and I'm going to use scripture as well. Okay? The Bible says this very clearly. You cannot hate your brother and love Christ. This whole idea that there's racist Christians out there, I'm sorry. I don't find that in Scripture. I just don't. The Bible says if you hate your brother without a cause, you commit murder. And murderers will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's not a judgment. That is the word of God. And we have to be clear about that. You cannot hate in your heart. You can't do that. And you can't justify it either, folks. can't. Now, we, people say racism and all this other stuff. I'm not judging intense here. I don't know. I, I don't know. It looks like it, right? Who knows? Who cares? At this point, though, when you see murder at all, doesn't matter if it's white on black, black on black, Mexican on whatever, right? I'm Hispanic. Is it racist oriented or is it just that they hate life? They hate life. Yeah. And they think they dominate you. That's the problem here. We're talking about hatred in general. They hate God, folks. If they didn't, they would not have killed they would not have killed George Floyd. Bottom line, they hate people. That's hatred, folks. That's not racism. It goes beyond that. Racism is a symptom of hatred. Bigotry is a symptom of hatred. Pride hates, or I'm sorry, God hates pride. These six things does the Lord hate. Yes, seven of them are an abomination. It's not only that he hates it. It's an abomination. It's a different category than sin. He hates pride. And pride is when man thinks he's above another man. Let's get this out of the way. You cannot hate your brother and love Christ. You just can't do it. Show me scripture, please. And you know what? This teaching legit has been neglected for a long time. We won't touch racism with a 10-foot pole for some reason. Right. The bottom line is people think that I have some kind of altruistic view on, on you or something that man is something greater than you. And you know what? We've allowed this in government. Government thinks that they're God. So then they play themselves above God. And they, they're now telling the church what to do. Right. And they're telling men and women what to do with their money. So we, we, we allow this to happen. We continue this to happen. I started thinking about racism here. Right. And share this video, you guys. If you guys want people to get out there, share the thing. Get it out there because we want people to have questions and we want to have answers for those questions. Amen. That's what this is all about. But let's let's kind of dig a little deeper than that. Yeah, Let's do this. Right. I look at racism like this. I have ex personally experienced racism. I'm Hispanic. I saw my dad go through it. I saw my dad go through it. Yeah. I saw it with my eyes. 
Okay, I experienced it when I was younger. I think I was in seventh grade, sixth grade. When you got two dudes who are six foot two and I'm all a five foot nothing, a little I was a little turkey ball, man. I was I think it was like 200 pounds. It was like, you know, five foot two or something like that. Two white guys came up to me from the school and they told me this. Why don't you go back to Mexico, bro? We don't like your kind. I didn't even I didn't even think about it. Didn't think about racism. None of that stuff. I'm like, well, that was stupid. I'm not from Mexico. First thing I said to them, I'm not from Mexico. Right. Didn't even cross my mind about racism. Didn't. Didn't register to me, honestly, before God. So we go on. I saw things in college that were against me. Then I became a Christian. Oh, it got better. It got better. I remember I was outside of a store one time, and a guy put his hand in my throat, threatened my life for preaching the gospel. Legit said this to me. He said, I should have killed your kind back in Nam. He thought I was Vietnamese. <laughs> I can understand, right? A little chubby. <laughs> but he thought I was Vietnamese. And he said, I should have killed your kind back in Nam. I was just talking to a couple of people yesterday. I said, have you ever experienced racism like that? No, no, I have, but it never defined me because yeah. I don't care what he thinks about my race. Now, you know, this is going to hurt some people. Okay. This is how I dealt with racism. I'm not saying everybody else is going to deal with racism this way. This is how I dealt with racism. Okay. It just didn't own me. Yeah. My identity is not what people think of me. I don't care what they think of me. I don't care. You, dude, they're going to hate you for everything. They don't hate you because you're Mexican. They hate you because you're fat. They don't like you because you're fat. They're, they're not going to like you because of Christianity. They don't like you because of Christianity. They're, they're going to find something to nitpick with you. Now, here's the question. But what about your brothers and sisters dying? Yeah, prosecute them. And do it right. And, and when you look at these, I'm sorry, when you look at these governors and mayors of these cities and states, that allowed this guy with a 20-plus complaint rap sheet? On, on his, who's to blame for that? Who's to blame for that? And, and it should go beyond just the race of the person that gets killed, right? It should be justice no matter what. So, yeah. So I think two years ago, there was a white guy, late 20s, uh, was in a hotel, was, was drunk. Um, and I don't know if it was a case of mistaken identity or what was going on, but the cops had him in the hallway and the cops had their guns drawn. And they were yelling conflicting orders to this guy. And this guy has his hands up. He's trying to follow. Get up. Sit down. Get up. Stay. Don't do that. Do this. And the guy's totally confused. And the whole time, he is, he is crying and saying, please don't shoot me. Please don't shoot me. I'm, I'm trying. Please don't shoot me. The cop unloads on him. And you would think, okay, that's open and shut case. This is at least manslaughter. What happens? Cop gets fired. He actually gets brought back. Then he basically gets forced to retire. He gets a pension of $30,000 a year, and he gets PTSD disability for shooting the guy. Right. Now, was that race? No. No. Justice wasn't served, though. Exactly, and here's the dude. problem is we've decided justice has to be served depending on the person's race, but otherwise, eh, whatever. No, justice should be served because somebody was killed. A sin was committed and against the law, so therefore justice needs to be upheld. The problem is we get our eyes totally on the wrong problems. We need to keep our eyes on the right problems and the issues that are going on and actually punish them. You exactly. Know, this cop, this cop, Amy Klobuchar, refused to prosecute this cop. Say it justice say it dude where's your justice and I, I was actually talking to somebody a couple of days ago about this and i was saying that the problem is 
we civilians as a group are losing trust in police force a because it's all getting fed to them in a propaganda machine right yeah, 100%. Of, of yeah, how yeah, yeah, evil yeah, yeah. police are so don't trust them but the other side of it is when they do see egregious events like this cops aren't getting prosecuted the way they're supposed to now i i completely understand when you're in the heat of the moment it is tough split second decisions Gosh, dude so there has to be some grace for that but they're but, trained dude but they're also trained and if we see an egregious event don't give them a thirty thousand dollar pension and ptsd disability totally dude totally put them in jail promote the idea that you you took justice on the person who committed evil because as soon as you start actually actually producing justice yeah you'll start producing faith in the authority right now there's no faith in the authority because there's no Dude, production 100%. of justice now let's take this a little bit even even a little bit further than that there's no justice this is what ecclesiastes 8 says listen to this listen to this verse 10 verse 10 ecclesiastes 8 verse 10 we're gonna start reading this okay so then i have seen wicked Seen the wicked buried, those who used to go in and out of the holy place, and they are soon forgotten in the city where they dwell. This too is futility. Listen to verse 11. Because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed quickly, therefore the hearts of sons of men are among them are fully to do evil. Mm -hmm. When we don't bring down justice on those who commit these heinous acts, people find it in their hearts to do it. If we don't prosecute evil, which is again, Romans 13, 1 Peter 2, Titus 3, the reason government is set up is to punish evildoers. This guy shouldn't have waited three days to get prosecuted. Bottom line is he killed somebody. And, you know, I'm going to say this to the church, too. or I'm sorry, not even the church, to everybody. If you're going to say all lives matter above black lives matter, listen to what you're saying. Black people aren't saying all lives don't matter. They feel oppressed for some reason. Let's go into this for a minute. Yeah. They legit feel oppressed about something. Just like I feel that there's government oppression. And I get a lot of people that tell me there's no such thing as government oppression. I feel I'm being violated in my rights. But a lot of church people are like, oh, it's not that much. It's not that bad. The city, the county commissioners are basically telling us we're, we're lying. There's no yeah. such thing because we have the right to do this. Dude, they feel oppressed. Don't shut them out and say all lives matter. Understand what they're, where they're coming from. Same thing happened to Colin Kaepernick. Not one time did you see a meme from a conservative that said, you know what, we should pray for this guy. You know what, we should reach out to this guy. Let's get him a constitution course, right? They feel oppressed about something. Whether it's right or wrong, they feel oppressed about something. Don't just shoot it down and say all lives matter. Why do they feel oppressed? Because they've been taught that. Look, I looked at my kids. We were at the mall the other day. My wife and I. I just... Uh, there, there, there was... It was the most beautiful thing. You know, there wasn't a lot of stores open, right? Because it's the, the Rona. How funny, from yeah. Rona to racism, right? Uh, but it, it just, it's exactly right, Micah. And I'm going to read some of these comments before I continue. Uh, Jan said, of course, there's an organization to the riots. That is the problem. Protests are okay if peaceful, peaceful but many innocent people are being used as pawns to accomplish others' agendas. Yep. This is what is horrible and sad. Exactly. Exactly. She said, to get out of this, we must walk in love. But I go to the mall. I'm clipping. I'm going to the mall, and what's unique is I saw uh, Hindu people talking to black people. I saw black people talking to white people. I even saw a black and white couple holding hands. I'm looking around, going, "Wow, this is pretty cool." You know, like this, this is, it's America. Yeah. It's life. I look at my kids. They go on a jungle gym before the Rona. We have pictures of my kids. I wish I could have put them on the slideshow. Hindu kids, 
uh, black kids, India kids, Indian, like Indian, like um, American Indian, right? All these things. And my kids, white kids, all playing on a jungle gym. Folks, we teach hatred. We teach it. My kids don't hate people until I say, yeah, I don't like that. And they're like, I don't like that either. You know what I mean? We, we train them to do this. If we don't teach our kids how to love one another, guess what they're going to do? You don't put the seeds of faith in them. Guess who's going to sow those seeds? The world. Mm -hmm. The world will sow it in them all day long if they watch the media. You ever notice the media has not done one thing to promote unity here? All racism. All this. All, oh my gosh, the world is against each other. Oh my gosh. Dude, I've been all over this city. I'm sorry. I've been shaking hands everywhere, even during the Rona. Pastor Todd and I were talking about this. You were not, we're talking about this. We go into Publix. Hey, how you doing? It's good. It's great. People are like, what the heck's wrong with you? No, because we, the, people love each other, man. Yeah. We love each other. And you get a small substrata of idiots. Forgive me. That's, this is life. I shouldn't have said that. You get a small substrate. This is, I shouldn't have said that. Forgive me for that. I shouldn't have said that. You get a small substrate of people who are living in sin, okay, and they kill one another. And then we focus on that, that, that substrate of people. And people say, well, peop, there's unconscious bias that we don't know that, you know, you don't even know that you're racist. Well, then how can I be racist if I don't know? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like this whole narrative in this thing. Go ahead. And, and I, I want to get into that, this, this idea of we're suddenly putting motive into other people. And there's a real problem with that because it gives you the ability to hate somebody for who they are. So if you are able to ascribe motive to a person because of what you've perceived them to do to you, it gives you every reason to hate them. When in actuality, maybe they had no even inkling exactly of that type of motive no, that you've ascribed to him yeah i mean how many times have you had somebody do something to you here's a perfect example completely completely normal situation somebody cuts you off totally what's the motive you ascribe to them oh they're being a jerk oh they're they're driving recklessly <laughs> yeah. i can't believe they did that you fly them yeah. a, a salute of the middle finger <laughs> right yeah the motive that you've ascribed to them is they are just a horrible driver who is doing this on purpose and they don't care about you because they're arrogant. Maybe they have had the worst day Thank in months. You. They have had a horrible day at work. Their boss has been over them all day. Their wife is bugging them to get home. They're trying to get home and they don't see you and they just happen to cut you off. Dude, totally, totally. Now you give yourself that grace. <laughs> yeah. When you cut somebody off, that's you're right, like, oh, right. I'm sorry. I yeah, know. my bad. I, my bad. My I, bad. That's the one mistake I've ever made driving. Yeah. But you ascribe motive to the person. Totally. Now take that into the whole racial sense. How often, and this is getting promoted, this idea of microaggressions, this idea of, of unconscious bias. That is a dangerous snake oil of psychology. dude. Because what it does is it gives you the right to blame somebody else for your perceived offenses. Bro, and then you know what it does to all, to all my friends who are white? It puts them on the defense. Mm -hmm. I don't want to tell you that you're racist. Whatever happened to speak life? So we have a prejudice. Dude, you know, here, you, you want to know how everybody's got a prejudice. Everybody. Doesn't mean it's bad. You got a prejudice. We used to go to public schools when I was in another ministry. Yeah. And we would be cautious if we were ministering to people. Do it in churches. I don't go out and pray for women. I don't do it because there could be a time where they could say he touched me the wrong way or something, whatever, yeah. whatever it is. We should, we used to worry about this when we go into schools, be careful, go in twos, make sure you go with your wife. If you're going to go pray for somebody, go in twos. So that there's a witness there, right? Yeah. 
not because I'm worried about what women will do and I hate women, but guess what? Someone could be on medication. Someone could be doing, you know, someone could be looking for attention and do some things that aren't cool, right? And I'm also thinking about the person going and praying. What if they have a, a wrong motive, right? It's a, pre it's, it, prejudice is not the same as racism. It's not. We all have a prejudice, right? Uh, I look at people who wear and have tattoos. I remember when I would minister on the streets, we'd see Hell's yeah. Angels. Dude, there's something inside. When you see a Hell's Angel, I'm kind of going off on a tangent. You see a Hell's Angel, something inside you is like, what is that? Yeah. You can feel them, yeah. right? And I was like, hey, you know, I'm pretty Deuce. bold, right? I don't fear much. But I remember those two guys. They were the coolest dudes, but bro, there was something on them. There's an air that, or a, a, but, a feeling that carries. Yeah, on, dude, on but that. it's yeah. a pre there's a pre yeah. you're like, okay, I'm gonna stay away from that. I'm not gonna go. It's not that you're racist. You're, you're, I don't think about that. You know, my my, I was telling uh, Jay and Fido yesterday. I was raised by a Hispanic family, right? I remember my aunts used to tell me never marry a black girl. That's how I was raised. Can you imagine that? They're racist too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we all have prejudices and that's what's wrong with America. They were raised. It's a culture thing. Mm -hmm. They were raised that way. You go to Mexico, dude. And, and, and Todd and I were talking about this this morning about culture. Cause now we got to get into the culture side of this. Bottom line is, is there's a lot of churches that are white. Mm -hmm. There's churches that are black. There's churches that are Hispanic. There's churches that are Hindu. There are churches that are Russian. There are churches, Right. But you tell me in scripture where it says anything about white, black, red. he came to the Jew and to the Gentile. There's neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek. This gospel was for everybody. We labeled ourselves white churches, black churches, Hispanic churches. We did that. We're the ones doing the labeling. And I'm not talking about the church. I'm talking about us in general. Us in general. We had a beautiful service this morning. Bunch of Latin people, bunch of white people, black people. We, all, we had them all there. And we all rejoice the king and the savior who saved us all. Had nothing to do with color. Had nothing to do with color. And we all love that same God. Yeah. We rejoice in the Holy Spirit that he fell this morning. That's what we were talking about. It didn't matter if there was a black Christian down there. We're all Jesus. We're all Christ's. We're all in the family, man. And the problem in America is we started labeling people majorities and minorities. Yeah. Bottom line is if you ascribe and you're an American citizen, you are an American, not a Mexican. American, not a black American, not Italian American, not an Indian American, none of that stuff. You are an American of these United States. And the more we start talking like that, you're going to start to absolve a lot of this stuff because then you're going to start to see the plight of another. And the bottom line is scripture dictates that. Go ahead. One of the things that I want to get into, and this is a perfect segue into this. So Christian, if you could pull up slide five. Um, so this article on truthdig.com, this covers James Cone, who's kind of the founder of black liberation theology. Now, understand what I'm saying here. I'm not attacking the idea of having a, a church that has a majority race, but there's a quote in there that says, the essence of Cone was embodied in this radical love, a love that was not rooted in abstractions, but the particular reality of his parents and his people. The ferocity of his anger at the injustice endured by the oppressed was matched only by the ferocity of his love. He cared, and because he cared, he carried the hurt and pain of the oppressed, the crucified of the earth, within him. Now, that's great. 
But here's where the issue comes in. If you notice in the rest of that article and you, and you look through Cohn's uh, theology, it's, it's very much an attack on white culture and white church. The problem is you've lost the love in that. Thank you. And, Come on, and dude. I know I'm white, and I know so a lot of people will say you're not allowed to have an opinion which on is, this. Which is racism. Can, have you, you not Can't. had your own plight? <laughs> have you not had your own struggles, dude? I, yeah. Did you guys not struggle financially? Absolutely. Did you not go through hardships in your life? Absolutely. And, and I'm not— No struggles greater than another? Yeah. Now, here's where it is. Someone got killed, right? That's what they're going to say. But someone got killed. Black people are getting killed. You know, white, white people get murdered by cops, too. Mexicans mm -hmm. get murdered by cops. I don't see a protest where Mexicans get murdered by cops. You know how many Mexicans die at the hands of people at the Border Patrol? Legit. It's, and it's, it's so Kristen and I were talking about this last night. And I'm always very careful about my race and the whole situation. Of because you if are. I start trying to tell my experiences, that. people will be like, oh, you're, you're trying to sound like a victim. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm just trying to give some clarity. So I was telling Kristen when I used to live in Madison, um, when it was winter, I would be wearing a thick, heavy sweatshirt, hood up, and then a big black Carhartt. Now, at that point, I don't know, I was like 220, big beard. So it, walking down the street, I looked like a big homeless guy, basically. <laughs> That's basically how I looked walking wow. to and from work. All right. And I would notice people would actually cross the street when I was walking towards them. Or people would kind of make their way long ways or girls would pull out their cell phone, start talking on their cell phone. Now it obviously couldn't be because of my race because they were the same race as I was. So they were making a judgment on how I looked. They were making a judgment on my appearance. Like you were talking about the hell's angels. There's this perception that happens. I didn't fault people for that. I didn't look like a very inviting person a lot of times because I was tired and it was cold and I wanted to get home and I looked like I was about ready to strangle somebody. But the, the truth of it was their perception of me, I didn't have to bring it farther because, hey, it is what it is. I know who I am. I'm not going to worry about what they think about me. At the same time, I, I would actually separate myself more from people just to make them feel safe. People would say, well, you shouldn't care about it. No, I, I care about somebody feeling safe. I care about somebody feeling secure. And I, I know what perception I could give. So it was, okay, I'll, I'll create a little extra boundary. I'll, I'll give a nice soft smile and, and keep yeah. walking. Yeah, yeah. Know, just something to make them feel safer. To wrap that back in, if we start to really delve into our perceptions and we hold on to them too tight, we start to create this othering. And the whole reason I wanted to bring up the whole cone thing was this division, and he divides it into oppressed and oppressor, which is a totally Marxist idea. Totally, Completely dude. Marxist idea. Totally. But it, this, this article would talk about how much he had love, but if you get further into it, yeah. it only talked about his love for the oppressed right. and how right. angry and mad he was at the oppressor. Well, guess who the oppressor was? All white people. Okay. And he would attack all white theologians. He would ta attack white leaders. He would attack the white church saying, you're my oppressor, yeah. so I'm coming after you. Right. And I think, too, like, if, if we can all get honest with ourselves, Christianity teaches one thing, that we're responsible for our own sin. Exactly. I can't blame Satan for my sin. I blame myself. That's, that's me. I own it, right? Jesus Christ... You know, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, God, they never leave me the excuse to blame someone else. 
because he's given me the power and the authority to overcome. So he's given me all grace unto all sufficiency to overcome. So your perceptions and your matters don't even, or your motives don't even come into play on that. Because nope. guess what? You're not allowed to no. have those perceptions or motives no. that you put on somebody else. Right. Now, now let's take this a, a little bit further. I think, too, with, with this whole idea of Black Lives Matter, which, you know what, dude? I, I completely agree. Black Lives Matter. Let me, let me tell you something. What good is gun control if blacks can't protect themselves? Absolutely. That's government, right? And I'm not blaming government. I'm blaming us who has allowed government to do this. How many percentages of blacks are affected by abortion mills, abortion industry? Why is it over 60% of uh, Planned yep. Parenthood's are in predominantly black communities? Why? Yep. Why is it that we still allow this organization to exist when Margaret Sanger, the founder of her, said she said that she, she, she didn't want the word to get out that they're trying to exterminate the Negro population? I care about black people. I do. And I fight for all races. That's why we talk about government, mm -hmm. because of how it affects everybody. They don't care about your race, dude. You're the pawn. They don't care about your race. Who was it? Saul Alinsky that said, the issue is never the issue. The issue is the revolution. Saul Alinsky, look it up. Rules for Radicals. It's a book. Look yeah, it up. You, it'll, it'll change the way you think about government. No matter who you are, you need to read it. Yeah, because what it does is it shows you perspectives on how things are done, especially in the media, right? He said the issue is never the issue. The issue is the revolution. It has nothing to do with racism right now. They are trying to weaken the nation by division. Yep. That's the bottom line. And you know what's really cool? Can we talk about what's going on awesome in these communities? Now they're getting people together from all different churches. Listen to this. All nationalities, all churches are going out there and cleaning up the streets, bringing food for one another, speaking life into one another. Now I just shared a video today of a black lady who was yelling at a white person. She was spray painting all, uh, Black Lives Matter on a Starbucks window, a Starbucks store. And she said, you do that, they're going to look at blacks that way. Yeah. Why are you doing We didn't ask you to do that. Yeah. She was out there peacefully protesting. She's right. Who's doing? Why are they doing this? What are they allowing for? Rules for Radicals is dedicated to Lucifer. You're dang right it is. It is. It's yeah. dedicated to Lucifer. Now, let's go to some comments here. Micah P. Liggett said this. Saying all lives matter in response to black lives matter is like going to a breast cancer awareness march and saying all cancers matter. You're not listening. <laughs> this is a single issue right now that we can't ignore, okay? Yeah. Now, if this was racist, like the whole thing, the whole idea is I have sons who are half Hispanic, Right? They may face something because of their last name, but here's what I tell them. Ask them. I wish they were in here. Every day I tell them, the world is unfair. You make it what you need to make it. Love your enemies, kids. Do good to those who use you, right? And Bless those who despitefully use you and persecute you. You have to love your enemy, man. If you hate them and your response is hatred, you've done no better than Satan himself. Yeah. And the, the whole thing that, that, besides the whole George Floyd situation, what we were noticing was there were Christians of, of all races um, coming out with different prescriptions for the black church versus the white church. Telling the white church, well, you need to lower yourselves. And black church, you need to raise yourselves up. And this idea of, like, your solutions are, for the problem are different. What that actually does is that actually decides that they're two different classes they're two different races they're two different structures if we're one body and one unity we should be able to have a solution dude. together 100 percent. we should be able to move forward together and the one way you do that is you don't look behind you right paul talks about this come on you don't look behind you you look forward that's right that's and the right. whole thing is what i love you were saying all races all churches 
like we're coming together to clean things up. That's what we should be doing. Yeah. And and not in this Coca Cola, we're one nation. Yeah, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's another thing that was just we talked about this earlier, right? There was this meme that was shared. I'm not trying to point. I'm you know me, man. I'm not trying to judge. Okay. What I'm saying is there's a lot of false theology out there. Yeah. Okay. That we're all God's children. We're all God's creation, folks. But to be a child of God, you have to be Christ's. Mm -hmm. You have to be born of the Spirit and the blood and the water. You have to be born again to be a child of God. Because when you're a child of God, you see everyone else as the same. And I'm going to read you a couple scriptures right now. And Romans, Romans 12 says this, for the grace, for by the grace given to me, you can only have grace when you're in Christ, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with the sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith God has assigned. Look at Philippians 2. It says this, uh, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only on his own interests, but on the interests of others. When you become Christ's, you don't look at what man does. Yeah. You look at how you can change man. You lessen yourself. Christ said, I, I didn't come to be ministered unto, but to minister to. When we start getting this idea, it's not about us anymore. When you're Christ's, you no longer live for yourself no more. It's not about you anymore. It's about your neighbor. All these people that are talking about racism right now, and a lot of people who are sharing, you know what the biggest, one of the biggest problems is, is we have social media. And now we think when we share a meme, that's going to change everything. <laughs> it takes you getting in the trenches to change it. It may take you going out to the streets and preaching to people and getting them saved. It may take you out praying for people. It may take you being the hands and feet of Jesus, not sharing a meme. I'm sorry. But it's the truth. We only use social media as a way to get the message out there. But we're out there all the time doing it. It's not a, it's not a oh, look at us. It's not like that at all. But I cannot preach what I don't practice. I can't. The bottom line is when we become the hands and feet of Christ, it's not just sharing a meme. It's literally putting feet to your prayer. And you know what? God is looking for you to do that. You know, he wants to ra racism to end just as much as you do, if not more. Do you know what pangs God's heart that there's hatred in this world? Do you know what pains God's heart that there's murder in this world and that there's pride and evil and arrogancy? God hates that stuff. Even wrote it in the Bible in Proverbs. He hates it. Detestable in the eyes of God. He said he hates a lying tongue. Yet we let politicians do it all the time. He hates that stuff. Right? And here we are. Like, and again, if you share memes and that's all you can do, praise God. But I'm promising you this. When you step out in faith and you share your faith with others, changes the game. Yeah. Changes the game. And it puts courage in other people to do the same thing because it's not about you. It's about the things of others. And your responsibility, your responsibility comes down to whether or not you're going to provide love to other people, no matter what your view of their race is. Notice the generalizations that happen so often is we decide determining on the race of a person how we're going to react to them. And it might be because of your experiences with that race, or it might not even be because of your experiences, but just because of the history. You know, I was, I, you and I were talking before this, and I was telling a story about a woman at church who, she's a black lady, she's, I don't know, 70-something, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. right? She's amazing, dude. She is such a sweetheart, right? Every time she sees me, she lights up, she gives me a hug, That's she awesome, asks how dude. the family's she's doing. She's so cool. She makes me feel like she is my grandma, right? Now, she lives in the South. She's a black woman. She's 70-something, probably. 
Oh, she's seen what, some things. What has she seen? Yet well, she does not look at me with the eyes of a person who has gone through a whole lot. She looks at me with the eyes of a person who has the love of Christ within her. Oh, amen. Come right? on. Right? And that's what we need to be doing for each other is instead of looking at somebody and determining who they are based on the experiences you've had or have not had, and you've only heard about the experiences that have gone on, right? I'm talking to white people just as much as black people, right? You, you think, well, I've heard of the experiences of the inner city of Chicago, so I need to be careful around black people. How about you walk in love? And you determine that each individual is their own individual and that you can shine the love, light of Christ on that person. We're always defensive on this whole thing. Totally, dude. We're always defensive in how we're going to react to somebody else. We go, well, they may be this way towards me, so I've got to be defensive. And maybe I'm not going to show them as much love because they, they might hate me or they might have a motive against me. How about instead of worrying about their motive, you take responsibility over your actions towards them and you walk in love no matter what their actions are going to be towards you. That's a completely Come different on, story, whether yep. you're white, black, Mexican, whatever. Dude, no partiality. Amen. No. Uh, Michael Liggett just said no partiality. Uh, this is a call to prayer in every church. Time to start being Christ-like, not like the world. What are we teaching our children? Man, totally true, Terry. Totally true. What are we teaching our kids? Right? What are we teaching different races? That we always have to be on the defense? Yeah. That we can't walk in the freedom that God's given us? That the power of God can't rest on us, dude? Look, man, there's... There's this thing with Christ that is so awesome. He's given me all grace unto all sufficiency to all things, the Bible says. I have the anointing and the authority and the power to walk in it. And you know what happens? Like school shootings and all these other things. We, we, we look to the church. Isn't it? We made this point earlier. I'm sorry. I'm kind of jumping two, two lines here. People don't really care about the church until a national epidemic happens. And then we look to the church for the answer. Yep. World included. What's the, why is the church doing that? Why, why isn't the isn't church, the church Yeah, exactly. And they're always looking for the church to do something. Do you see how much of a magnifying glass you have on you? Yeah. Dude, le legit. Like, you have a witness before the world. Now, I'm going to talk about culture for a minute, because I'm not trying to switch gears, because there's a lot in this, right? And I'm going to talk about the victimhood mentality. Ooh, it's going to be a tough one. We may have to make this two parts, because there's a lot to talk about with racism. That, again, I only experienced it, saw my dad experience it. And you know what's crazy? My dad experienced it so heavy, dude. And when he became a citizen... He was the he was happier than a tornado in mm -hmm. a trailer park, dude. He was like, he was so lit when he became dad, American dude. citizen, dude. He was so dad. happy. He said, "Mijo, I live in the free." <laughs> I remember when he said, "He said I live in the freest country in the world," and he became a citizen. The same man who went through tons of tons of racism. racism. He did. So did my mother. And my mom said to me, she said, "It took me fifteen years, but I got it." And so we look at the wrong, and we don't glorify the right. So I could look at, you know, I look at you, right? We can all look at each other, point out our flaws, yeah. and say this and this and this. But I find the life in you so that I can talk to you on a common ground. I find the life in things. In America, dude, you tell me where we could practice protests like this. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me where you can have an opinion, where you could practice your religion freely, where you could do all these things. This is a nation. That has that because God birthed it. Now, with all of its flaws, of course. So let's change the flaws instead of getting mad at each other. Let's, let's, let's think about that first, right? Because in culture, let's talk about culture for a minute. Now, we talked about it earlier. Um, it's, it's funny. Uh, Michael Liggett said this. 
we should not be teaching our children to know of God, but to know God. Because God created everybody. Mm-hmm. Therefore, he loves all people. He does. He does. Even those that disobey him, he loves them. He sent Jesus. That's your, that's your proof. He sent Jesus. That's your proof he loves everybody. Right? Now it's up to us to choose that. But you look at culture. We talked about it. Black church, white church, Hispanic churches, all these things. I grew up in a Hispanic church. A lot of Mexican music. Uh, grew up playing the umfa 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 stuff. <laughs> right? Totally. Toured a lot. Uh, it was a fun, fun, fun time you know, of my life. I hated it too but because I, I just didn't understand God. But I remember the first time I set foot in a, in a, in a, in a, in a you know, I shouldn't say all white church, but a white church, you know, yeah. like yeah. music was a little tricky, a little juicy. I just didn't like it. You know, it was like, <laughs> you know, piano and two singers. It was like, oh boy, okay. Right, because in the Hispanic church, man, there's like a hundred players, yeah. right? And they're all on stage and everybody knows how to play an instrument, bro. They have maracas, they tap their shoes, they play the spoons, right? Everybody plays. And that's just how I grew up. You just grew up knowing that, man, Mexican church, man, is going to be huge and off the chain. That's just yep. how it was for us. Grew up very charismatic, right? Go to a white church and I'm like, bro, this is a step down, right? <laughs> very, very tight. Yeah, dude. Very yeah, man. Very stoic, like, and it was very an Assemblies of God church. Right. But dad liked the teaching. He really liked how they broke down the scriptures. So he went and became a part of the assemblies of God as a pastor for six years. He's like, if I want to get it ordained by them. Right. So he didn't like the music much, but you know what it taught us? We started to play with the, with the band. Right. We didn't know that music. We never played before, but we, we did it. We started to acclimate ourselves to that style of music. Then we were, we were in Dallas, Texas, and I went to a black church a few times, all black church, man, it was blast. Right. I could acclimate to it, but the preaching was a little juicy, right? It just didn't, you know, I, I'm not into the hand the Lord share, you know, I don't need all that stuff, you know, but that's me. That's not a racist thing. That's just, I don't prefer it's that. It's not right? your style. I like when a dude can get up there and just break things down for me where it's like, wow, I'm eating that. You know what I mean? And, uh, so, uh, what, I'm sorry, dude, there's comments. <laughs> the, this whole idea of culture, right? This, this idea of the culture, idea of culture it, yes. It, the the difference of opinion doesn't mean it's a race thing or a against a culture completely it's just i don't buy it. I, that's not my preference and that's okay everybody has a preference and especially your culture okay. creates preferences okay. of what you grew totally, up with totally totally right? so i didn't end up going to this all black church full time because i just didn't it wasn't, wasn't for me your style right and i'm starting to realize this now you know people are raised in different cultures you know not all people like that kind of music or yeah. Bethel type kind of worship music or Hillsong or, you know, people, they don't all like uh, Kirk Franklin or, uh, uh, come on, he's my favorite guy, Dreads, big, big dude. Uh, come on, I could see him on my, I could see him, like, seriously, one of my favorite gospel singers. Oh, what's his name? Literally, it's escaping me and I hate that. Uh, but there's that type of gospel style of music. People, there's some people that won't like that. Yeah. Tons of people that love it, right? Now you have Maverick City music where you got like, this 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 beautiful mix of white and black and, and just coming together, just beautiful, right? Because they're not white and black. They're just Christians, and they love yeah. each other, right? It's a beautiful thing to watch, right? And then you have, like, I could never be a part of an all-Chinese church. I probably wouldn't understand what they're saying. be pretty crazy to be in there every Sunday service saying, I'm going to contribute something here, though they don't even understand what they're doing. Or I wouldn't expect an all-white person to come into a Hispanic service without a translator and sit there through the whole service. Yeah. Right? It's cultures, dude. We're different. That's not racism. Now, some people acclimate to other things. I, fortunately, I like bluegrass. I, I went to a Heck Gaither yeah. concert. Look, I went to a Gaither concert, y'all. 
<laughs> my wife and I were the youngest two there, a Gaither concert. And, dude, I had a blast. I love the Gaithers. Love them. Love hymns. Love it, right? I had a blast. My wife and I were like, I remember when they were cheering, we were like, yeah! I was like, scream. It's <laughs> the loudest screamer there, right? But the point is, cultures. It's not racism. It's preference. Yeah. We can't label everybody racist because there's not enough black people in your white church. There's not enough white people in your black church. There's not enough Chinese people in this church. We can't do that. Bottom line is it's preference, right? I found a church that I love, and I'm straight up, grew up Hispanic. I grew up in Hispanic churches only. Spanish teaching, Spanish preaching, no translators. Grew up playing Spanish music. I am now in a church that's English, that speaks English, that has a translator for Spanish, right? that plays music that I absolutely love, I grew acclimated to it. Guess what? I always, tell, I always joke with people, I don't think I'm Mexican. I'm really just a white boy with a tan that got a Spanish degree, right? Like legit, <laughs> I joke with people like, it doesn't matter, right? None of that race stuff bothers me. Yeah. But what I'm saying is culture, right? Here in America, you get fined for littering. Live, go to Mexico where my grandmother grew up and my mother grew up. They just throw trash in the streets, dude. That's just how it is, it's culture. They accept that, right? We got to get out of this notion that everybody's racist because we don't see enough of that's it, what this whole argument is about. Nothing we say is going to suffice everybody. Yeah. And and you hit a nugget in that. And and one of the nuggets that you hit, I mean the whole thing was good, but this nugget was churches are getting condemned as racist because they don't have the proper percentage of representation in their congregation. Yeah. So if you don't have enough black people, you're a racist church because right. you're too white. If you well, the finger doesn't get pointed too much at the black church for not having enough white people, but you know, let's be even. You yeah. obviously your black church is racist if you don't have enough white people in yeah, your church, I think right? That's wrong. That's it's so just, wrong because there's wrong. there's difference in culture. And culture people tend to congregate with their own kind. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Man, the fact nothing. that you're going to church is what excites me. Exactly. If if your culture and where you here's a good example. So when I was living in North Dakota, I got to talk Dakota. to Dakota. North Dakota. I, I got to talking to my boss there, <laughs> and he and I were sitting down over a cup of coffee. Yeah, not and a Labatt. Not a Labatt. No, no Labatts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, it's an inside Canada joke. Bob. Yeah, Canada anyway. Bob. You'll you'll find out more later. And and he and I were talking. I grew up in the forest. I grew up with big trees and rivers and he was just a hick, in folks. the middle he of was a the hick. woods, right? The hick, sticks. redneck. Dun, 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 dun. That's right, buddy. And he grew up on the plains of North Dakota. So when we were talking about our background and what we grew up in, he felt at home out on the plains. He said mm. when he got amongst yep. too many trees, he felt claustrophobic. Yep. It didn't feel right. I told him, I love the big sky of the plains. But man, I feel at home when I am amongst the trees, when I'm in the forest. People down here, you can move elsewhere and you may love it, but there's something about being back among the palm trees and yeah. the beaches. There's just something about what you grew up with and the culture mm -hmm. and the, the surroundings and the environment. There is nothing wrong with that. If you grew up in a predominantly white church with hymns and choirs and and the old boring white guy standing up front going point to point bullet to bullet and that's what is home for you that's okay great homeostasis for you right it, it's okay and it's you okay like to word? branch out and try other stuff i like that thing word. no no so and, and even too like let's get back to this culture does a lot of things we're just raised a little differently right uh i found out today that not all people like rap 
And I'm like, what's wrong with you? Freaking, <laughs> I love rap. I do too. Dude, I love rap. I love metal, right? Yeah. I found out people today don't like rap. It's like, nah, man. Like, they just legit don't. You don't like rap? Oh, do you? Oh. Because of tonight? Because hmm. I put you on the spot? Yeah, she was Talking just saying it. Right yeah. now. I'm just kidding. I'm she just was kidding. just saying it because you right. put her on the spot. So, so back to culture. I think culture has a lot to play in this game, in this, not, in this argument, I should yeah. say, that we have to recognize people are different cultures. They're different strengths, different, different things, right? But we do have to hammer this issue, and I want to end here. I want to hammer this home, that when you see your brother or sister and they're grieving about something, don't shut them out. L listen to me. Church, don't shut them out. When they say Black Lives Matter and they feel oppressed, go understand that. When you, when you see, I just talked to a kid today that was talking about committing suicide. Prayed over him, me and Dom, right? I didn't look at him and say, well, you shouldn't do that, dude. What's wrong with you? I sat and listened to him. The dude's got legit grievances. Legit, there's something wrong in his heart. He doesn't have an identity in Christ. I didn't shut him out and say, well, why don't you value life? What's wrong with you? No, let me understand where, you, where you're coming from. So I could properly answer the question. So I could at least help him, right? When someone says stuff like Black Lives Matter and all these things, bro, legit, we stand with you too. I wanted to go to today's protest just to go out and pray with people, but I, we ran out of time. We couldn't, yeah. they, they had already ended. And, and so I want to go out there and go share the gospel with these guys and go be with them and show them, hey, I'm standing with you in solidarity. You, you do matter, right? Then we can talk to them about, you know, man, can you help us stand for this though too? You know, three, three girls over here stood outside of Planned Parenthood, and it closed here in Stewart. Who knows why, if that's the reason it closed. But you know that this girl over here, Kristen, was threatened with her life for standing outside of an abortion clinic? A bullet was thrown a at A bullet her. was thrown at them, and the guy told her, he said this, the next one's going to go through your stomach. Did it have anything to do with her? He was a white guy, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. She's white. She's about as white as Wonder Bread, okay? <laughs> Legit. And it's spicy for her, too. It's hatred, folks. So if people hate black people, understand that. Go up to them. Ask questions. What can I do to help? Don't just shut them out. Give them the gospel, too, and set them free, man. Because I'll tell you what, nobody deserves to be brought into the power of another. Nobody. And this racist narrative that's going around, like, everybody's racist, and we got to be careful, racism, racism, racism. Like, look, I don't give people the opportunity to have that hand on me. It doesn't matter what you think. It matters what God thinks of me. Let's go give that to them. Yeah. Right? Be, be responsible. Okay, but when murder happens, you best bet you should be standing out there with them. Yeah. This is the point I'm driving home. I can't say that I love my neighbor and watch them get murdered, dude. You crazy? That's, that's, that's almost a slap in the face to Christ. How come I can stand for government and not stand with my brothers? That's wrong, dude. Stand with them. Right? But let's not teach each other to be victims either. Let's teach each other to overcome, and we'll do it together. Matter of fact, Martin Luther King did that. When they sang, we shall overcome, he would march in the streets, get arrested in some cases, right? Re wrote a letter from a Birmingham jail. Unbelievable man. Was he perfect? No. Was Malcolm X perfect? No. They had different views. They had different types of uh, ways to handle racism and the situation and the situation going on in the South. But they each had a way to handle it, and they did it. And they did it with their hearts, right? Was one right? Was one wrong? You be the judge. Because no matter what, you're going to get judged. People yeah. said Martin Luther King was too soft. Malcolm X thought he was too soft. Yep. Right? But Martin Luther King also had people all over the world singing, We Shall Overcome. He always spoke life into the situation. And you, Never disparaged another. It, I love that about him. And you notice what he did is he, he didn't thrive or build on bitterness. Amen. He, he 
built on love. He built on on reaching forward. And I think that's something that everybody has to start doing is in taking responsibility for how you view your brother on both sides. And instead of creating bitterness and instead of moving or, or staying in place with a bitterness and expecting the right. other person to change everything, reach out both sides, reach out in love. Yeah, exactly. And and start to reach out with a sense of humility towards the other person, no matter what they've done. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Because as soon as we start building a defense against somebody yeah. and who they are for one reason or another or experience or not an experience, as soon as we start building that wall, we end up shutting off ourselves from being able yeah, to dude. love and hand out in love. Right. So the Christ, Christ was one who, no matter what, he still had love for everybody, right? He sure did. No dude. matter what, he said, I love people and this is why I'm doing this. I love all bro. of you. I'm giving you this free gift. 100%. And so there's something, there's something to be said for us instead of walking in bitterness and us putting up our walls and us deciding on confirmation bias towards one side or the other. Do away with that. Uh, 100%, dude. Don't, don't care about what a person has done to you yeah. or how they might be looking at you care about how you're going to reach out to them and love them. Yeah, right? dude. And all of us can do that. Absolutely. All of us as, as Christians can do that. And I'm speaking to the Christian. We can all do that. Like if you could just go the extra mile instead of just saying, Hey, God bless you. If you can go the extra mile and like show people you care, it changes the game. It just changes the game. You know, Sometimes at church services, I, I like I like going up to new people I don't even know and just like looking into their eyes and shaking their hands it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Now, some say that's small. No, they're important, right? right? They're all important. They come to church or whatever, whatever field you're in. Just do your best to be the light of Jesus Christ. Christ didn't revile people, y'all. Christ was not the one saying, well, look how stupid those protesters are. No, dude. Imagine if he did that to the uh, woman at the well. Imagine if he did that to the woman who was caught in adultery, right? Just said, well, that was stupid. Why are you committing adultery? That's stupid. No, go and sin no more. He was a light to her, man. The woman who was at the well, the woman at the well, five husbands. He didn't say, well, dude, you want to know why you have so many problems in your life? You got married five times. Where's your discernment? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it wasn't like that with Christ. He pointed the way out, Right. Let's go show the love of Christ to these people, man. Care about them. Figure out where they're coming from. Then give them the answer. There's a reason God gave us two ears and one mouth, man. Legit, right? Because there are people out there who hate. Mm -hmm. It's no question. And you know what? Some of the most persecuted people, legit, are Christians. All over the world, Christians are being persecuted. Do you know why? Because hatred exists in the heart of man. Racism, bigotry, all these things are symptoms to the issue. They just hate God, man. They hate life. That's the bottom line. And, and you want to stick a needle in the Christian's heart, especially the conservative Christian? How do you look towards Muslims? Oof. Yeah. Come on, What's dude. What's your heart towards Islam? I hear a lot of people say Islam is, is a religion of Satan. Satan's using it. Okay, but there's still people involved. Bro, they're still alive. That means they're they got a alive. pulse and they got ears and they're they need humans. Jesus too. They have a soul that's going right? to end up somewhere. Now, if you're going out there and looting and rioting, I, 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 and you're a Christian, I, 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 would, I, would, I would strongly read the word. Um, that is not cool, right? <laughs> and if you're participating in that, now I can understand, like people say it all the time, well, I kind of understand why they're doing it. Okay, I'll give you that, but it still doesn't make it right. 
And so what I'm saying is even through this whole podcast, I said it from the beginning, we're not going to give everybody the answer they want to hear. Some of you may take one part of this and say, I'm not going to listen to that no more because of that one point. Doesn't matter. You, you didn't want to listen to us anyway. Or you're trying to figure yeah. out something to poke holes in there, right? Here's the bottom line. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Paul said, of whom I am chief, I'm the most of all. That dude was persecuting and killing Christians. And if he can turn Paul's heart, he can turn anybody's heart, dude. Mm -hmm. If he can change a murderer, he can change the people. And when you look at scripture, dude, the whole purpose of Jesus Christ, this is why the founders were very particular about this, without religion and morality, our republic cannot subsist any length of time. And the more we try to remove God is the reason we see all of this stuff happening right now. I can promise you that. You remove God, as a matter of fact, uh, it's Proverbs 28. When it says, basically it says that when we remove God, uh, uh, because of the transgressions of the land, it says, many are the princes thereof. Because we can't self-control ourselves, we need more people to do it for us. We need more cops, we need more laws, we need more of this. Dude, you can't pass enough laws to stop racism. I'm, it's it's let a cat on the bag. It's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. You couldn't pass enough laws to stop murder. It's an issue of the heart. You couldn't pass enough laws to stop bigotry. It's an issue of the heart. Let's 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 take the argument for the word in today's culture. Today's culture, there's a segment of people who say racism is as bad as it's ever been. Yeah, we've passed more laws since 1965 than we ever had before in terms of trying to punish racism. And what people argue is, well, we just need a few more laws. Yep. Well, no, the hearts haven't changed. If we're going to give you that that statement that racism is as bad as it's ever been, guess what? You haven't changed it by passing more laws. So it's a matter of the heart. 100%, dude. It's totally a matter of the heart. Matter now, of the I, heart. I don't agree with that premise, but I'll give you that premise. It doesn't matter. It's the matter of the heart. That's what causes hatred and anger and viciousness, wickedness Gosh, towards dude. each other. So we can't cure it with laws. We have to cure it with the gospel. We have to cure it with Christ. Through Christ, then suddenly you can love your enemy as well as loving your neighbor. But see, right there, people don't want to hear that. You're to love your enemy. You are to love your enemy. And I want to I want to define the word love for a second Go because people it, tend it. to think that this is the idea of um, ooey gooey feeling. Love is actually an action. Love is a decision. So when you love somebody, you love your enemy. I want you to think about what does it actually take to love your enemy. It's not just about being friendly and giving them a hug. It's about committing an action deciding that you are going to love them and act in love towards them you're not going to act in hatred you're not going to act in indifference if they have a problem or an issue even though they hate you you're still reaching out in love it's the same thing with your spouse people say well i fell out of love no 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 no, no. you got lazy in your action and your commitment to love it doesn't matter if it gets hard. You're still called to love the person and reach out in love. Now, are there certain steps that maybe you have to take? Maybe you have to do this, go to counseling, separate for a little bit, whatever you have to do, but you don't retract your love. Marriage is a commitment, right? And we as human beings are called to love our enemy, which means you're supposed to step out. And I want to challenge you guys to actually think about what does it look like to love your enemy? It's very easy to love your neighbor. Christ even says the Gentiles, they love their friends. 
Yeah, they love dude. their neighbors. Even in Proverbs 25, it says, if your enemy, I'm sorry, I, I just lost it. I just had it. Here it is. Don't rejoice even when your enemy falls and not, let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. And think about that, dude. That's tough to do. Mm-hmm. Um, here, here's another one. This is so good. Guys, we all know the scripture. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. There's a lot of people out there that are very upset about what's been happening. Go love them. Mm-hmm. Love them. Teach them to love too. And you know what? Love conquers all things, the Bible says. Love, love answers all things. When you can love with a pure, unfeigned, an uncounterfeit love, something that's not in it for you. I just love you, bro, because I love you because Christ loved me too. And he had no reason to love me because I hated him and for so long in my life. I did. I used yeah. to anyways. I don't speak that over myself now. but And that idea know. of love gets rid of this whole oppressor-oppressed idea. Because as, as long as you give credit to the idea of oppressed-oppressor, you won't walk in love. Because you'll always paint somebody else as something else. So you have to move beyond that and you have to, no matter who you are, what position you've had, what experiences you have, yeah. you have to be responsible for your action of love. Yeah. Let's, let's go through some of these quotes because I don't want to miss these out. Uh, Micah P. said, no partiality. Um, it says this, lovers of truth. Alex just said, lovers of truth. Amen. Micah P. said this. I'll say it again. We can't shut up and speak up at the same time. <laughs> That's good. Ooh. That's good. Ooh. That's good. Woo. Challenge, right? You can't. You, you, you can't. Look, man, a good church will hit the issues. It'll stand for something. It'll stand for something. It'll hit it all, yeah. right? We see division in America. Let's talk about it. How can the church be a light in division? How can the church be a light in the midst of all this? How can the church be a light through a pandemic? How can the church be a light through this? Politics, whatever. How can we be the light of Jesus Christ? The kingdom of heaven is supposed to be brought on earth. Christ taught us to pray that, right? Yep. Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Listen to that statement. That is an absolute statement. Thy kingdom come, which means do it. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's not a question. That is a statement. How do we do that? Folks, in this world, you will have trouble. The Bible says, be of good cheer because he overcame the world. We have to go be that light now. Yep. We have to go to those people in the streets, making sure that we're out there being the light of Jesus Christ. We see the oppression, correct it. We, uh, uh, amen. How do we do it? By not being dark. Amen. We have to be the one. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying, like, I, I read that wrong. I read that wrong, I'm Mike. Glad I'm you sorry. Said that I, I, I read it wrong. That's why I chuckle. I'm like, we're not being dark. What? We're, that's what we're talking about. I'm sorry. <laughs> My, my bad. Um, I, I, I'm really serious. I didn't mean to read it that way. I'm like, what? No, um, no, I get it. You're fine. <laughs> um, so I think... Not being wicked. Not being wicked, yeah. How do we not be wicked? We do what Christ told us to do. We walk in the light of Jesus Christ, and that's the only way we're going to win, y'all. And you know what? There's going to be a lot of corruption in this world. Folks, face it. The Bible even says the poor you'll always have among you, right? They dealt with hatred and, and bigotry at the time of Christ. They had an oppressive government and a system. Yep. This has happened for generations, folks. We can't focus on, we better eradicate it all. We can only be the light where we're at. And if Christ called you to that field, then dang it, step up and walk in it. Yeah. If he gave you a heart for this, step out in it. If this is the issue that you're going to put your, you know, put your flag on, go out and do it. And you watch God move. You watch you be the light and change something the way Martin Luther King did. 
my again your lane is different my lane is different right but we all can be the light in something and you we, we need to do more than just talk about it yeah right we need to be the hands and feet man yep and and your job is now to check your heart and check the preconceived notions you have about somebody else and decide am i going to look at them in love or am i going to look at them with the eyes of the world and decide based on who they are what color they are what a, what background they might have I'm going to reserve my love or I'm going to carry bitterness against them. No, 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 no. We do away with that. And we yeah. walk in love no matter who the person is because totally, they are bro. still a soul. They totally. are still somebody we can reach out to. So, so, yeah, to all of you watching, can we pray? Yeah. Because I just want to pray, dude. Like, the one thing we want to start doing with these things, it's not just us being a podcast. Like, I want to have answers. I want to pray with you guys. I want us to be those kind of people, man, that are like, Lord, look. There are national sins right now that we see in this nation, dude. Mm. Like, Lord, I, we, we've seen so much oppression in this nation. We've seen concentration camps built for Japanese people by our government. We've seen racism, Lord. We've seen uh, uh, an apathetic church and a lively church. We've seen uh, uh, racism, bigotry. We've seen all these things, abortion. We've seen... Uh, uh, just all these sins, national sins, abominations before God we've committed. Slavery, we've seen it all. And Father, your word still stands true. That Father, you came to love us and that we are to love one another and that we are to be saved by the blood of Christ. And I thank you, God, right now that Father, we repent of the national sins in this country, Lord, and that we do truly love one another, that my friends that are white, that are black, all of them belong in the family of Christ. They're not colored, Father. They're your children, Father. And I thank you we can start changing the dialect in America that we're not minorities and majorities, that, Father, we are one people, an American people, one race of people. Listen to me, one race of people. Now, if they're different religions, we have to go out there and be the light of Jesus. We don't disrespect them because of their religion. We don't hate them because of their religion. We show them the love of Jesus Christ. We may not agree there. That's why you're supposed to preach the gospel. Father, I pray you give us a tongue of flame of fire to go out and speak the life of Christ. That, Father, out of the belly will flow rivers of living water. And that, Father, we would see a change in the violence tonight. In Jesus' Amen. name, we would see a turn in this nation tonight. That we speak things as though they were now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for the churches that are actively doing something about it. And that, Father, the people that are on this live stream don't just share memes. That they go out into the streets and be the light of Jesus right now. That, Father, they're figuring out right now what to do. Lord, I thank you for the prayers from heaven. And that, Father, truly we could be the acclamation and, and, and the whole culmination of 1 Corinthians 13. That we can truly love one another, man, because we need that more than ever right now in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for this podcast. Thank you for even letting us do this, Lord. That people listen to this, that we share this with one another. That, Father, that the gospel can be preached among the brethren, Lord, and that your miracle signs and wonders follow. Because that is the power of God. That's what transforms people. And then we'll see a change in this nation. In Jesus' name, Father. Amen. Amen. So with that, guys. We absolutely love you. No matter who you are, no matter what you think, we love you. And you can come at us. We say this every week. You can oh, we'll come still at talk us. To you can you. disagree. We'll still talk to you. We'll still to talk you. to you, man. Right? We'll go out for coffee. Yeah. Come on out. Seriously, if you're liberal, I love you, man. We'll, we'll Let's go, go to, out for coffee. We'll go to I love Un you. We'll go to Unkin' Onuts. Because <laughs> we can't Sponsor endorse. us. Sponsor us. Please. Please. please? Dude, if yeah. Dunkin' Donuts ever sponsored us. Oh. oh. 
I I would wear Dunkin' Donuts. Garb. I would wear the we merch. Would put man. it up on I the would wear, wall. Look, challenge accepted. I would wear yeah. a donut suit on this podcast. No joke. Dunkin' Donuts. That challenge is there. You want to see him in a donut suit? You know what to do. Call us. We're here. Anyways, guys, be sure to share this, comment, like, share with your friends. This is the perfect time to put this out and there. Thank you for all your support. Thank guys. you, dude. You don't know how much it means when I have people come up and say, "I, I watch you." Seriously, guys. I watch dude, it's you the guys coolest thing in it. Oh my! And I don't it's know. It's the how, coolest thing. I don't know how to respond because it's like I want to give you so much more appreciation than I can say. Right? Thank it's you is like, not enough. Thank you is not enough. So I'll say thank you, even though that's not enough. Thank you so dude, much so for cool. listening for for the stories you tell, the testimonies that you give how of like change. how yeah, this dude. is affected. You know, I, I had yeah. somebody today saying, "Look, the whole business thing that affected us. You guys helped." help teach us give us encouragement of what oh, we need to do yeah. oh that's good man god bless you i'm so <laughs> glad that we could do something yeah, for dude, you totally. so with that said we will be back here sunday at Next 7 week. tune back into the self-evident podcast guys i want you to know we are so thankful to be here so with that said this is massey what's I'm up mike we love you all seriously little joke and we love you guys have a great night god bless